All right, on this episode of Bouts Talking Bouts, very excited to be chatting with an individual who is readying to compete at UFC 297, which goes down on January the 20th. And a lot of questions are going to be answered, a lot of finality, a lot of closure, all those good words. Ramon Tavares and Siri City linking up for the rematch, and always good having Siri on the show. How are you doing there, man? Yeah, buddy, I'm great. Um, training hard, you know, staying focused, and just getting ready for the for the big date. I'm just excited to uh, fight in front of my hometown. Yeah, and I mean, how long has this been something that's, like, definitively been on your mind? Like, it seems like something that you've wanted to have manifest into reality for, I mean, presumably, like, since you got into MMA. So, like, what does this moment feel like just to lead up into it? Yeah, it's, uh... It's crazy, man. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I remember, like, driving into Toronto, like, listening to Drake, like, five, six years ago, and, like, looking at the, at the arena, I think, like, I, I don't know if it was called, like, it was a different name. I think it was, like, Rogers Arena or something, I think. But regardless, like, I'd look into that arena, and I'd be like, yo, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight here. And I'd just, like, be bumping some Drake, you know, and just, like, again, like, just big, like, little kid, big dreams, like, you know, always, always had a weird feeling that I was going to get there. Don't know how, didn't know when, but like I just had this like weird confidence that I was gonna get there, and uh, I just stayed true to the process. And yeah, uh, it's it's time to do it now, and I'm super excited. Yeah, I was gonna say like it seems like that's been a building in particular that you've been fixated on, and you were kind of like touching on it a bit there. Like, and it seems like that's a common sentiment among a lot of people on this card, which I just love seeing. Like, I think I'd also read an interview with Mike Malott that also featured you, where it was like discussing that very topic so i mean just an incredible sort of thing there man for sure yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be a dream come true man i cannot wait to feel the the energy in the arena i feel like it's gonna fuel me so much and like really uh you know like this is gonna be my breakthrough performance in the ufc to show who i am and uh that i'm, that I'm about about it and i'm looking for uh you know uh, the big fights yeah, and as I kind of alluded to in the intro, like, bit of a story to your fight. I mean, there's ultimately always a certain narrative to every fight at the end of the day, but just with, like, the line-through element of, you know, the first fight kind of ending the way that it did. And I thought it was cool seeing you in, like, the post-fight interview because you're kind of just like, hey, yeah, at the end of the day, I did my job and got the win. It was, you know, at the ref's discretion that the stoppage happened. But is there also a certain sense with this rematch of kind of, I guess, establishing that certain finality to maybe some people out there who are still like looking at the nature of the stoppage is maybe premature or like how do you i guess look at that facet of the rematch i guess yeah no 100 percent. um you know like at the end of the day I, like when i got in the back room and stuff like i was a little bit pissed off because like i knew i was gonna finish this guy and like again like ramon keeps saying that oh the ref took this moment away from me it's like nah the ref took my moment away from me like I was going to finish you. I was going to make it spectacular. And unfortunately, you know, like, yeah, ref jumped in a little early. I knew where that fight was going. I, I, like, I was the guy on top of Ramon. I, I saw where that fight was going to go. Depending, even if he got up, I was going to finish him again, drop him again, submit him on the way up. There were so many potentials. But, uh, you know, um, I'm happy for this dream match because it's going to, it's just going to, all that, that little bit of doubt, like, that other people have, I'm going to be able to kind of shut them up about it and, uh, yeah, make my statement. I'm, I'm very confident about this fight. I know that Ramon's a dangerous opponent, but I just think I'm better everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting tendril of it as well because, like, from my layman perspective, it seemed like the finish in the first fight came as smoothly as one could have wanted it to. So, I mean, 
it's an interesting mindset because you're still very much looking at him as like a multifaceted dangerous opponent and i guess not resting on any laurels from the first fight so i mean how much i guess like mental work is there i mean sorry yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say yeah that's exactly it man like um I completely erased the last fight out of my memory, man. This is a brand new opponent, a brand new danger. You know, like, just because I, I won the last match doesn't mean I have any advantage on this one. I'm treating it like a brand new opponent. I, 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 I believe that he'll make a good uh, some adjustments. You know, he'll come back stronger, and I will come back stronger too, man. Like, I'm way better than the guy who just fought in September. So, like, that, that's exactly my mindset about it, man. Like, I'm hungry. Uh, I'm ready to just make, make a statement here, and uh, I'm not, like relying on that last victory as anything man that's that's thrown out in the past right now i'm in the present and it's a different opportunity now i was gonna say it's similar to that mentality you were touching on when we spoke before the ali wazook rematch like the idea of doing it more violently like i imagine that's the idea here 100 percent, man every i've had two two rematches in my professional career both times i finished the guy quicker in the second time around, man, and more violently, both times. So it's like that's just the mindset I have. But again, I, I truly believe it's because um, I, I don't take these guys lightly, man. Like, I think the second I start taking people lightly, man, that's going to be a problem for me. But I, I'm never going to be like that. I, I treat these guys like the most dangerous individuals possible, and it makes me super prepared and, you know, uh, makes me ready for the moment. Yeah, and it seemed like part of that preparedness for the first fight was, like, pretty centric on getting a lot of good southpaw kind of work. Is that still the case in this rematch? I would imagine so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I added a few new bodies. You know, I have a pro boxer. That's a southpaw that I've been working with close to Ramon's height. Um, and then, yeah, we got a decent amount of good southpaws that I've been getting working with. Um, I have a main training partner, Brad Barrick. You know, this guy's literally such a beauty. Like, his last two camps, he's just... He pretty much is a southpaw fighter now because he's just helping me out so much. Everything he's doing is in southpaw for me, you know, like all our drilling, all our wrestling, everything. And uh, that's been such a crazy help for me, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just so grateful that I have such a good team around me, man. Like everybody cares about about me and cares about our, our team growing. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm getting like the best work in right now, which is awesome. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, I imagine it's uplifting for both parties like you said i mean your sparring partner is like more taking on that profile of almost being a southpaw fighter now and i mean you hear that so much in training where it's like you're only as good as like your worst side i mean i usually hear that in like a jujitsu context but perhaps could also be applied to like a striking stance kind of idea 100 percent, yeah yeah, no, you love to see it, and it just seems like this event represents something on, like, a broader level for Canada, too, just having seen, like, that Dave Shaw, like, media scrum where he was talking about, like, ramping up the schedule of events in Canada. Like, does it almost feel like you're really part of this big, broader thing? It would feel like 2024 stands to be, like, a pretty strong year for Canadian mixed martial arts, and this really seems like it's kicking it off. Yeah, that was, uh, I was, I was, like, shocked that I got invited into that, but, uh, you know, being being around Mike Malaw, Charles Ordain, Mark Andrew Benoit, that guy, like these guys, like are all sick fighters. You know, I've been looking up to like I've been watching Charles since during the TKO days. Obviously, been following Mikey and his career for a long time, and then just like being in the room with those guys, like with Dave Shaw and stuff, like that was uh, that was a crazy experience. But yeah, I just think uh, 
you know, I'm the right fit for, for this role. I, I feel like my style, my, my fights, my personality, everything, my persona, it just, it'll, it'll help grow Canadian MMA because that is the goal, man. Like, I feel like we have so much talent here in Canada. I, I train with so many killers, you know, and uh, we just we just need our chance. And I feel like putting these events out, like in Toronto, Vancouver previously, and hopefully more in the coming in the coming year, I think it's just going to keep growing growing the sport in, in Canada and growing the fan base. And, uh, yeah, we should have multiple events per, per year in Canada, which would be awesome. Yeah, and just incredible stuff in a lot of ways. Like, we were talking about the importance of this fight and, the local connection and just like that confidence that you always had for some reason that a lot of this would pan out. I mean, also very cool that you were in the crowd at one point in Scotiabank Arena with a UFC event being in Toronto, December 2018. Like, did that confidence always exist in you even prior to that? Did that night serve to embolden that confidence even more? I'm curious to get some insights there. Yeah, brother, that, that night definitely boosted, boosted it for sure. You know, like, it was like, okay, this is the legit arena. I'm here. These are the crowd. I felt the atmosphere. But, yeah, I always had that confidence, man. I, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if I'm just like dumb. And I'm just like, I'm going to figure a way to make this happen. But, like, I just always had this confidence, man. Like, even when nothing was in, in my favor, man, like, I just knew it was going to happen. Like, even when I was like 17, 18 years old, just training, you know, as an amateur, like, I just knew it was going to happen. And, like, I just trusted my, my gut and... And just stuck with it, man. And I just stuck with it. I love the sport. I love growing. And I fall more in love with the sport every single year. Um, but, yeah, I always have that confidence. And, uh, you know, like when I'm about to walk out to a fight, I always like go, go, I like to go to the mirror. And I like to like look at myself and kind of have a conversation with myself. And uh, every time I look myself in the mirror right before the fight, man, like there's, there's that trust with my highest self. There's that trust with my body and my mind and uh, my spirit. And uh, I always walk out there confident, ready to ready to kill, man. And it's it's hasn't failed me yet. And I feel like this is almost a two part question in my mind, so I'll try to break it down a little bit. Because in that same feature I alluded to, I had seen that you had like a you know playlist curated called Future UFC Toronto with different pump up songs. Like, do you remember what was on that first playlist? Oh yeah, man! I still have the playlist. It's like a bunch of Drake, a bunch of little baby, but it was like it was just the songs at the time that I loved. But like the big thing is like I remember like it was like I think I made the playlist like a few days after the event, and uh, yeah, again I was just so motivated, right? And I and I put the cover photo of the playlist like the arena, the Scotiabank Arena, right? Like looking into the cage and stuff. I think it was like I think the picture was maybe when Max or or Brian were, was walking out for the main event, and uh, yeah, I had that playlist with just like all the like a bunch of Toronto rappers, and it was yeah, it's cool, man. But I'm pretty sure I wrote it like I don't remember the year, but like I mean, I got it, like I'm in the UFC now. It's 2023. I'm gonna make my debut in 2024. But I think I had it like I'll be in the UFC by 2021 or something like that. And then obviously like, with COVID and all all, all, the, all that time, uh, you know, it didn't plan out that way. But it's really really cool how it ended up happening and i guess like that second part that i alluded to like do you have like a new playlist curated that kind of represents songs that you're jamming now more so are you kind of revisiting that old playlist for almost like a certain perspective sort of thing i'm curious on that so i usually make a different playlist every uh every camp man and like every uh every fight like i'll I'll, like this last one right before I got the contender series, I think it was like the day before the fight, I made a playlist and it was get that contract playlist, right? It was just like mindset, get that contract, like let's go let's go get this done. Um, for this one though, man, I think what I'm going to do 
is I'll probably just stick with that playlist. Maybe add a new band, like a couple new songs. But like, like I think just the the fact that I'm gonna be listening to that same playlist, you know, a few years later in the same arena, like getting ready to walk out, I think that's gonna be special, and I think that's gonna be important for me. So yeah, it'll probably be the same playlist. I might add in a few different songs though. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, just like to the point of like, I guess what you might be visualizing, because like, even in the context of mentioning the music, it seems like manifestation is also kind of interwoven into that, like in terms of manifestation, as far as like, I don't know, a broader impression you want to impart with this next fight, like, I guess, what do you hope for in terms of like, a, I guess, broader interpretation of the fight from people or a definitive result? Like, I guess, like, what's the ideal way this story unfurls here in January? Yeah, you know, the ideal thing would be, you know, walk walk out there, man, blast some Drake, get the Toronto, Toronto uh, community, get everybody super hyped up, man, and finish this guy again, but finish him in a beautiful fashion, man. Like, I never, like, I'm never, like, picking a certain weapon that I'm going to finish my opponent with, but what I do is I visualize every weapon I have, and I see myself finishing that opponent with everything, with every limb of my body, with every submission I got. So I, I like to go into those flow tanks, and I sit in those tanks, and I'll just visualize a knee to the face, head kick, you know, body shot finish, straight right down the middle, uh, submissions from front headlock, submission from my back. Like, I just, I visualize every single one, and I just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, and then, you know, again, like, to be an ultimate strategist when it is time to fight, like you have to be in the moment and you have to be creative in the moment, depending on the, the situation that arises at that time. So I just pull one of those highlight wheel KO weapons out of the bucket. And that's the one I'm going to use for that fight. But it's definitely a finish, man. I am looking for that 50 K bonus too, man. I want Dana to give me that 50 K bonus and uh, I'm a finisher at heart. So I feel like I can make it happen. Yeah, I mean, it's so exciting. I think people that really follow on a BTC level and BFL really know what you bring to the table because of the title accolades for sure. But a cool part of this is like you're really exposing yourself to such a newer audience. So I'd love to see that sort of confluence, like the people who've been there and known for a while and then the people who are going to be like, oh, damn, that Siri City guy. Yeah, man, I can't wait for that, dude. I can't wait for that. Even like, yeah, that's going to be such a cool feeling, man. Like, you know... I I just like I love I really like love inspiring people you know like even after this last fight how many like kids showed up to the gym my gym broke the training center and started training martial arts and they're like yo you're my inspiration for coming to train and I was I thought that was the coolest thing man because if I can change somebody's life for like for the better man with fitness health whatever it is like that is a huge thing, man. Like, cause like, again, like it's cool that my life's going to like, I want, I want to have a great life and stuff, but man, if I can impact other people's lives as well, that's, that's something that's like really going to be dear in my heart. Well, that's another big part of you too. Like just like the people you've trained and things like that. Like I imagine that video that came out of like everyone at BTC watching that contender series fight. I imagine that hit in a good spot there. Bro, I watched that like a thousand times, yeah. and like yeah, I watch. I think I made. I watched everything. I would rewatch it to see every other, like every single person's reaction during that video because that meant so much to me, man. And that's another thing. I remember. I remember like right before, like maybe a day before the fight, like knowing that there's gonna be that watch party and like visualizing like me rewatching that, like like everybody jumping up and exploding up and like full of happiness and love and like support and uh yeah it's uh that, man that's that's why i do it man it's like 
it's inspiring other people, man. It, it makes it more, more like I'm, the purpose is now more than just myself. You know, I'm doing this for others as well, and it definitely gives me a lot more energy and fuel to to make things happen. Yeah, it seems like big things are on the horizon. I was seeing that signed rookie pack on millions. It seems like a lot of things are blowing up here. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we're working, man. You know, that's it. Like my mindset, again, I always say, but it's just 1% better every single day, man. I, I feel like every single fight camp I get into, my routines, my habits, my training, everything becomes more dialed in. Like I feel like I'm training like a world champion already, man. Like just my nutrition, my sleep, my supplementation, my recovery, like how how much effort and mindfulness I'm putting into every single practice. Like all these little things, man, I'm, I'm doing them and I'm always trying to add more. And uh, I just think if I can keep doing this and I can keep getting better, then, you know, good things will come. Yeah, it really comes across as like a lifestyle of a martial artist sort of thing. And I mean, you've really shown that so far in a fight to fight basis. So, I mean, no reason to start doubting you now, man. But you've been great with your time and it's always fun getting to chop it up before these different fights. You definitely have a great mind for the game and everything but just being mindful of your time and schedule too i'm kind of curious if maybe you have a final parting thought you'd like to add as we're kind of wrapping up here man yeah i mean i just uh i just want everybody to like check out the fight man check out ufc 297 all the canadian fans everybody support support i know the tickets are expensive and stuff watch their pay-per-views you know hang out your local bar I just keep growing this sport. There's just so much talent in Canada, and, and I'm hoping I can be one of those people that can help build this sport up to a different level here in Canada, inspire more kids to start training. And uh, again, I feel like there's so much untapped potential here, and uh, I feel like we can really, really blow it up. You know, like that's the goal, man. That is the goal. So I just everybody tune in to 297 and, and watch, watch the performances. It's going to be an awesome card. Yeah, and kind of like I was saying before, it feels like we're really like on the precipice of like a big sort of year and hopefully subsequent few years for Canadian MMA and certainly a big step in your individual journey here with this Ramon Taveras rematch. And yeah, great getting to talk to you ahead of January 20th, man. Appreciate the insights ahead of UFC 297 and looking forward to checking it out for sure. But until then, you have a good rest of your day, Siri. Thank you. Yeah, you too, brother. Thank you for having me, man. We've been on, we've been through a few interviews now through through this time, and it's cool. It's cool to keep talking to you, man. We'll keep doing it until I'm the world champ, bro. No, I love that, man. Definitely here. Anytime you have a fight, like I said, I feel like you've got a really great mind for it, and I mean, just a yeah, cool way to perceive the game. Like, definitely come across as like a dedicated like one percent every day, as you had perfectly articulated it. So yeah, man, looking forward to the next chat, but also looking forward to this fight. So yeah, you have a good rest of your day, and thanks for the great insights as always. You too, Dylan. Thank you, buddy.